Well, we got super excited and forgot to introduce our guest for this episode. It is the mighty Natalie Ekdahl from BizChicks. Dot com and that is B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. So that is the third voice that you hear in addition with Jessica and myself. Elsie, just wanted to let you guys know because we completely forgot. Bye-bye. So, so Natalie, we were just out. Elsie just asked me while we were biding time a question that I know you have a good answer to. Um, yeah, and I yeah, don't know, Elsie, yeah. if you want to start recording. Uh, did I? I think I already did. Okay, cool. So, so here's the thing. I got an email to two of my emails requesting me to be a guest on a show, and I love. You know, I'm on everybody's show. I don't. I don't really have any kind of. I don't really say no because standards? I standards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, wait, no. wait. Sorry, I was distracted. You got invited to be on on a show, um, like on a podcast. And, yeah. Okay, yeah. I just and, love I love being guests and I generally don't have standards exactly what Jessica just said. <laughs> but because I really love being on shows and I'm not like one of those people that if you if you reach out to me and you want me to be on your show, you don't have to tell me who's been on your show. You don't have to tell me like you don't have to tell me these things. I just want to be you're on. Kind of right? a po- you're kind of like a podcast whore. Yes. <laughs> But, but here's the thing though, I got this invite for in, in she podcast and for Libsyn, like both in one asking me to be on the show. And I was like, but the, the email was so not like, Hey, I want to be, have you on my show, which is usually what I get. It was very, uh, slightly form form lettery. Yes, very much so. And so I went ahead and I clicked through wondering what was going on with this person. And I don't know if you can see in the Skype there, uh, Miss Natalie, I have put the link. I just don't want to talk about the link. I just sure. put the yeah, link in there no so that you could look okay, at it. And then I started to read that and I got super stressed out. Like just reading that, I got super stressed out. And then because of the way that it's formed out. And then I started to realize this is so not me. Like I have no, like, I don't want to talk about this stuff. This is not the language that I'm speaking in my own life. I have, I, I just got really stressed out. That's yeah, all like I keep saying. The questions are like, when did you first get the spark of entrepreneurship? And, and Elsie's not really like a, I'm not that. Well, I mean, well, I've been a money hungry horse. Since <laughs> <I feel> not. <laughs> She's not the person you ask about entrepreneur, even though you are an entrepreneur, Elsie, it's not like your mission. Yes. I, I don't, that's not the label that I put on myself. You know how people love to put labels on themselves, ones they love and whatever. I, that's not a label I love to put on myself because I'd rather be a podcaster. But then this is what started to yeah. get me, the pre-interview prep and instructions part where just reading that, I was like, if I was a newbie, I would say I, I would be too scared. Like... All of the stuff oh, that's okay. in I'm here. Just, I'm just getting to that. Okay, I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking. Hold on, I yeah. have my doorbell. I think I have to get my door. <laughs> okay, you go get your door, and I'll keep talking. You guys answer, but I have a yes. good answer for this. Yes. Okay, I'm I'm looking at it. So it says, if your audio is below standard, we will not be able to proceed with the interview. In all caps. Yes, I know. <laughs> and this is what I'm saying. And then it's but like, in some ways that's good. In some ways that's good. Well, yeah, uh, I, I get okay. it. Close your door. Um, turn off your cell phone, relax, be warm and friendly. Okay. So what about the pre-interview stuff? Um, 
bothered you or made you nervous? Well, all well the all of this stuff. It's like reboot your computer to save memory. Consider disabling programs to automatically load at startup. Like just starting to read all this stuff, I was like, oh, I don't think I want to do this. This is way too much pressure on me. Like <laughs> even though I do this anyway, it's like a natural thing. But then it's. I understand all of this stuff, but I feel that there is so much information here that it will make people not do it. And then it tells you, he tells you how to be, be warm and friendly, feel free to laugh or show your emotion. What? (laughs) This can communicate, communicate more powerfully than mere words. Really? The The only thing I can think of is if he... And I'm assuming it's a guy. Yeah. Um, he is targeting people that haven't been interviewed before. I think a lot of this is really great. So I interview a lot of people that have never been interviewed before. And I actually like, I like kind of finding those people that haven't been on the podcast airways. So I, I find them. And then some of this would be helpful for them because I'm having to do this when we're on, you know, in our pre-interview time together. Right. I'm like, well, I hear some echoing, you know, can you close the door? And can you, uh, you know, I can hear um, a fan in the background. Could you turn that off? And um, for women, I always have to tell them to put their hair back. And, oh, very uh, interesting. No, but mm-hmm. okay, so here's the thing. So whose job is it to vet the people? Let's say me. I am like a podcast person. Like I, I speak, oh. I'm on podcasts all the time. I speak about podcasting. I have two podcasts about podcasting. Hello. Do you send this to somebody that, that no. does that? No. Well, this is what no. I'm saying. So it's I like agree. if you're going to be talking yeah. to me, then you know who uh, – supposedly you would know who I'm about, what I'm about, what I stand for, what I don't. I mean especially because I am like uh, an expert in the industry. So if if that's the case, then I feel that there needs to be a difference or a different reaching out. Like you, would you send this form letter to Tim Ferriss if you were inviting him on your show? Absolutely Are you comparing not. yourself right. to Tim Ferriss? No, I'm she just saying. Yes, is. I am. No, <laughs> no I'm just saying. It's a four-hour yoga week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, you know, I know form, I know systems are amazing. And we're going to be talking about all those systems for you too, well, yeah. you know. Systems are amazing. And they do take care of a lot of these problems, a lot of these issues, and they streamline things. But if you're going to be reaching to specific people who already know this, this kind of put me off. This kind of thing made me go like, you don't even know who I am. Not no, to I say think, that. But I, you know. but I think it, what put you off before this um, link was the email you got and that yes, you got it yes. basically to, to two different email addresses. They were sent to you two different places. This person doesn't even know who you are. They're just sending out to different people. And well, I think that's what it comes down to to is if you're trying to invite people onto your show, you need to personalize it in some way. Right. Yeah. I mean, he really didn't. I mean, you are, you are like a legend in the podcast (laughs) industry. So it's like, he could have said something. You know, also if this person is copying, you know, if this person is podcasting paradise or whatever and, and um, using John's like tutelage, if you will, he does not, he does not tell you to do this. In fact, he has templates that he specifically, not requests, but that he specifically um, recommends that you personalize. So I just want to make that clear, like, because I I think people just try and take, like, the the fastest um, route to stuff. This just seems like a form letter he sent to, like, 12 people at one time. I'm checking. I'm actually just online to see if he's actually in here. Uh, I was going to do the same thing. 
Did you? Is he? No, I haven't yet. I haven't. Go he, ahead. Uh, uh, I can't tell. I don't think so. But anyway, so I just wanted to say that, like, um, I don't think that, that John is telling people to, like, do this because, but, but the format of the show is similar. Yeah, very much well, so. Of course. John has a copycat. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so in, I've literally been on shows where people ask me his exact same questions in the exact same order. I heard, I heard your, like, I heard your, your like <laughs> one year anniversary thing. And I was like, get out of town. Cause I knew that people were copying, but I didn't know people were copying, like copying. No, copying. it was like yeah. a few times I'm like, would you just like, like mix them up a little bit, like reverse them <laughs> if you're going to eat some different ones. But I understand, like, I remember when I was starting, just, you know, he inspired so many people, right? And you called me. them, called them baby, baby. What do you call them? Elsa, you had a name for them, like baby what? something. Baby something? Baby entrepreneur on fire people. Baby oh. John Lee. <laughs> um, you know, where's <laughs> offspring? Yes. Uh, yes. You know, he inspired a lot of people. And I remember thinking, you know, what did I like about his show? And, uh, you know, definitely pulled inspiration and pulled some things from him. I, I think what I liked about his show is that I, I, I liked and I disliked it. I liked that you kind of knew the questions that were coming every time. And then I kind of didn't like that. So my show, what I've kind of evolved to is I start and end with the same question. And in between, it will be different. There. So you did yeah. it. Good. Boom. Yeah. But I don't Boom. start and end with his same questions. Right. Oh, she has her own. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, but, I, but I guess we go back to the question of... And okay, and this is a really great, and I don't even know if we're going to be able to hear, hit on all this stuff, but I think it's a great segue to what we were wanting to talk about, which is outsourcing and kind of, you know, talking more about being one year, you know, into the space and having started about a year ago, right? You're now one year old. <laughs> I'm a year old. You're one year and you old. know what? I just have to say, I feel like, you know, in school when you're sitting at one lunch table and you're really hoping to get invited <laughs> to that, like, that other lunch table where the kind of the popular girls are and they're a little older than you, even though I think I'm older than you guys. Um, but they're like, you're, they're like ahead of you. And like, I feel like I got invited to that lunch table today. Oh my so God. That's Actually, so I think you and Elsie are the same. Oh yeah. I'm 42. Are. How old are you? I'm Elsie? older. I just turned 43. <gasps> she just oh, turned yay. 43 though. Like Friday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. you're, six, you're six months older than me, basically. Yeah. The, the look, see, I'm the <laughs> oldest one at the table. But yay. yay. But, but okay. So going back to this, like it takes a lot of work because I have to say this and I talked about it in the last episode where, you know, when we, when you and I were uh, chatting Jess and, and we brought Natalie up how she has a very specific, you know, type of entrepreneur that comes on her show. Like it's not just like anybody who's just randomly started a business for today. Right. But there's a very kind of like a kind of my target is I, I, I interview women who who are founders or co-founders of the current business they're in. And I, I seek people that whose revenue is a hundred K or they're on par for that over a hundred K or on par for that. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously I'm not, can I see your income statements? You know, I don't right. say that, but when I, when I ask for referrals, that's kind of what I share with my, you know, with people that are, are sharing, referring guests to me. And, and I say, it's someone that you would think of and, and think that they're successful. Like, wow, that person's successful. I want to hear their story. Yep. But it's, they don't, don't have to be billionaires or millionaires even. So. Right. But, but you have like something there, right? So my question to you is who does this, the research for that? Like, 
because now we're going to start to move into outsourcing because that takes a lot of work. I have to say that for me, like there's been two or three women podcasters that have just come onto my radar that I had no idea about and I am super excited about and wanting to listen. Like there's something about them that has called me to them and I immediately just want to know more. And you know what? I, I have to take time to do that because I'm a proponent of listening. I'm a proponent of really getting the essence of people and to really diving into how they are in the world as a whole, like not just in their business, but I love social media. That's the way that I meet people. That's the way that I, that I like uh, to see the speaking part of it, you know, it takes a lot of work and I know that I don't have time. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, so my question to you is, do you vet people or does your team vet people? So I'll tell you who my team is. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. My team is my virtual assistant and she is in the Philippines and she's been with us since day one. And uh, my husband is the other part of my team and he does all of the editing and post-production for the show and, you know, submitting to Libsyn and all of that. So uh, Lisa May is my uh, VA and uh, I would say over time we've evolved to what she does now. At the beginning, she did tiny bits of things. And then as I got to trust her and count on her to do things and ask her to do things and she would do them or do them like way better than I expected, then I would give her more. So we didn't just start off with what she's doing for me now. I used to do all the research on my guests myself and it's took me, like you just said, so long. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's a balance. I think also as I've become a better interviewer and I've gotten more experience and confidence in myself, I don't need to do as much research because part of that is a discovery that happens during the show. Like I don't want to know everything about someone. I want to find out some things that surprise me during the interview. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So like just like finding guests, that's kind of where you start, right? Right. Um, it happens a few different ways. Uh, a lot of times I, you know, I read a lot of, um, you know, just in reading, just in the reading you do, you know, you find, oh, that's an interesting story. Oh, that's an interesting business. So I'll forward that person to Lisa May and say, you know, invite them to be on the show. And what we have, what we came, what we, and then she looks for people too. And then she'll be like, here's some people too. What do you think of them? So what we have created is a shared database, which is basically a Google spreadsheet. We call it women to interview. And it lists all the women that we've ever invited on the show or could, or that we're thinking of inviting. So she puts anyone I send her, she puts them onto that um, list so we can keep track because for, there were a few times where we were both <laughs> inviting the same people oh. or both thinking of the same people. So that's kind of how we track that. And that also allows us to go back. If there's people we haven't heard back from, we can, you know, if they haven't said no, because sometimes we invite people and we hear nothing back. And uh, what I've learned is that uh, if you hear nothing back, that doesn't necessarily mean no. It just means maybe they forgot to respond to your email. Yeah. So sometimes we'll go back and invite people again. That's really cool. Uh, so that's kind of like the the first part of our process is is that. And then once someone says they want to be on the sh- on the show and they 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 book through our online scheduling software, then we add them to our we call it our Biz Chicks uh, interview database, <laughs> and that uh, basically has all of their information in one place. So their their name, their interview date and time and uh, their business, their website link, and then their social media handles, like all in different fields. So it's all like basically that information is all in a central place. And then um, when when I complete an interview, I write in one column done. So she knows that I did the interview. 
and uh, and then we put our um, the numbers of the the episode numbers in there too because she does Lisa May does the show notes for every episode so she once. Once a guest books their interview, she starts putting the show notes together with them and she does some coordinating with them, getting, um, I get from every guest a headshot. I ask them for an inspirational quote, a productivity tip and a book recommendation. And we ask for that in advance. And so she uh, plugs that into our show notes and creates a like graphic for the inspirational quote. That's kind of like the beginning of the process that we use for guest. Dude. How long does that take? (laughs) I mean, I'm just asking just because I'm, because, you know, I'm not a spreadsheet type of a girl. I try to do spreadsheets. I've tried, I, I, I create them all the time and I never go back. Like I always end up just putting everything in a text file because I'm, because I don't work with anybody else. I understand how nicely it is. But then at the same time, I've been working with uh, clients right now and I've been running a lot of these sort of things, you know, these, these kinds of things, the different kinds of uh, promotions and launchings and, and social media stuff. And I created web, you know, spreadsheets that help me. And then I send them over and they're like, uh, can you just put that on a text file? I'm like, oh, (laughs) so I am really, I am like, you know, a strange bird. I literally like think in spreadsheets. So like I plan my kids' birthday parties out in spreadsheets and, uh, my, my mom was teasing me, uh, the last trip I was taking, cause I had printed out, there's a spread sheet of our packing list and each person is a column with all the things they need to bring and uh you know and then I like to cross things off so that's just how I my mind works that way and that's how I organize things and it's been very convenient for uh working with someone else in another country right another time zone so uh it's it's worked for for both of us and and she seems to work well in spreadsheets too so it's it's been great that's a so re- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So it does. I mean, it wouldn't work for everyone, but it, it works for us. And then, uh, so then for every guest, I I have kind of I call it the script template, and it's kind of the outline of of what I'm going to ask and some things that I need to know from the person. Uh, Lisa May will paste their bio in there and their headshot, their Skype ID in case. Um, we haven't connected yet on Skype. I can see that. And, um, and then at the bottom of the, it's this, this isn't a doc, a text document, like a Google doc. You'd like this, Elsie. Uh, it's not a spreadsheet. <laughs> at the very end, she does probably about 10 or 15 minutes of research on the person and literally just includes links. Oh. So, um, so she'll link in, um, you know, articles about the person and um, and even paste in a few interviews that the person may have done if they've gotten some publicity. And then I usually also before a show, we'll see if that person has been on any podcasts. And if they have, I'll, I'll listen in a little bit. Depending on the level of the guest, if it's someone you know like John Lee Dumas or Amy Porterfield who have been interviewed a ton of times and I, I really want the interview to be a little different. I'll actually listen to maybe four or five different shows that they've been on to try to think how I can spin it differently. Oh, cool beans. That's a lot. You know, of, go ahead, Jess. Mine is really similar. The only thing that I, that I have that Natalie has that I don't is a spreadsheet. Oh. But, but like I, I have the – now, I will say that I, I do the research on my guests actually because the way I had this process set up was they would go through um, – for. They actually, Elsie, you think her, I mean, I don't even know if this is similar, but like first they have to apply to be a guest. Then they have to fill out a whole questionnaire and both are not quick um, processes. And actually I saw someone's Facebook status update yesterday that said, guess what? No one's 
dying to apply to be on your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a podcast. There was a fellow podcaster who's been on my show, who I've been on her show. So I know she wasn't talking about me because she's a doll face. But like, I kind of thought about that and I was like, but they are though. They are doing it. So they are. They are. We we get emails all the time. We get emails every day asking to be on our show. And so and so to help me do the research, like first they need to fill out saying how long they've been in business and what their focus is and why I should have them on because I'm not going to bother if it's like six months or less. And then like the questionnaire, similar to Natalie's, you know, I asked them for you know not productivity, but like I think I do like a time say I do something it's similar. Um, but also I want to know what kind of stuff they're into that isn't business related. So I have something to BS about during the show. Um, and then I, refer, I, I use that questionnaire to refer back to when I'm interviewing people to keep it interesting. So if they don't fill you it also, out. You also asked something interesting, Jess, because I've been on your show and I filled that out. You ask um, if there's anything the guest does not want to talk about, which I think is really smart. Oh, yeah. Well, because otherwise I'll just be a nosy biatch and ask myself I shouldn't be. You know, like, so, so, like, I shouldn't be bringing up. I mean, you know, like, that question is really meant for people like Mari, you know, Mari Smith or like, you know, um, bigger guests have public failures. And so I don't want, you know, like, Mari was public, you know, she was divorced after she became relatively famous. Like, you know, or like, you know, once I interviewed Laura Roder and I didn't know if she wanted to talk about B school, that kind of thing. So, um, so that's why that's there, just so I don't bring up anything and make an awkward, you know, silent moment on my show that I don't want to have to edit later. That's pretty much the gist of that. But, like, um, yeah, I mean, I know it's long, but the thing is, like, it's like you said, the time it takes to go to a person's website, look at their Facebook, look at their Twitter. Have they made any effort at all to have an, a digital presence whatsoever? Because I don't want to build it for them. Like, I'm not here to build your community. If you don't have one already, then, you know, check back with me when you do. <laughs> okay. All right, then. So here's it's a- not because I want them to build mine. It's just because, you know, I, I think too many people apply to be on podcasts because they feel like it's, you know, that's how they're going to, I, you know what? I need a bigger audience. I better start being on every podcast. And, and so, yep. you know, and Natalie, yours and mine are probably not to be, I mean, this is for business people, you know, not to be um, arrogant, but I'm sure we're, you know, ours and Katie's is probably checked out first. Let's yeah, I think, and well, and I know we get a lot of the same, you know, pitches. And so that's kind of one reason I'm like, yes. you know, I don't want to interview the pe- same people that are being interviewed by you and Katie. What? <laughs> And me, like, that's kind of weird. And that, that was happening for a while was like, they're like on all three of our shows, boom, 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 boom. And yeah. so that's why I'm, I'm actually not, um, reading very many of the pitches I get because I, I enjoy going out and finding these people that have never been interviewed before, but then they're also harder to interview because they've never been interviewed before. They're, they're nervous you know, and they're not as, you know, not as polished, but that's okay. And actually, you know, when I interviewed, um, John Lee Dumas, I asked him, would he rather pitch or be pitched? Because when you're pitched, it's an easy, you know, it's low hanging fruit, but he said pitch. And I agree. Like I would much rather ask someone I'm inside, I'm excited to talk to than be pitched the same person as Natalie and Katie and half a dozen other Exactly. So, and I also, I wanted to tell you, Elsie, I have a really good answer to the question, you know, to what do you, how do you say no to someone who was not a good fit? The way I did it when somebody asked me to be on a show and it was definitely not a good fit was I was like, 
oh, you don't want me on this show. <laughs> I considered I it, I considered that. <laughs> I really made it all about how I would never be a good guest for this topic. And so, I mean, I'm joking, but like, I would just say, oh, you don't want me because I really don't have anything to say on this topic. And even, you know, and, and, and even further, um, you know, it doesn't apply to me and it wouldn't be a good show. I don't make it about like, they're too new. They, you know, it's, you know, whatever. I just make it about me and how I wouldn't add value. Right. It's sort of like, you know, you fall on the sword a little, whether it's true or not. I mean, the truth is, Elsie, you could add value to anything, but. Yes. You're very um, sweet. Can I just, can I just like pose this? Because I think this is a commonality I see in our She Podcast group a lot, which is like, how do you have that hard conversation with someone? Like, how do you say no to anything? Like, no, I don't want to be on your show or no, your interview didn't go well. So it's not going to air or no, I, I don't want you on my show. It's, I feel like as women, you know, we're raised, it's hard as, you know, as little girls are raised to be nice. And so like really dudes would not have a hard time saying no. They'd be like, no. And they wouldn't feel like they had to give a long explanation. They would just be like, um, that's not going to work out. True. And, and then they shake it off. Other dudes are like, oh yeah, yeah, whatever. And, and I feel like as women, we're like overthink everything and have such a hard time just saying no, which is, you know, your time is valuable. Elsie. And if this isn't a good use of your time, just say, you know, no, I, I don't want to, you know, this isn't a good fit for me. Um, good luck with your podcast. I hope I see you, you know, at NMX or whatever podcast <laughs> movement. So, <laughs> but that's um, a lie. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, they don't say that. I, I don't think that we should have to, you know, um, tell people be, be sorry about stuff. Like, um, I had, I had a guest that was invited to come on my show and she had a partner in her business. And she like emailed and said, well, my, uh, my business partner would, I'd like to have her on with me because we play off really well with each other. And, um, I think it'll be great for your show. And I'm like, it's my show. And I never interviewed two people together and I don't have plans to, I really like to hear one person's story. That's kind of what the show's about is getting into your background. Like, how did you grow up and what, you know, what is your business background? How'd you, you know, it's about one person's story, not two people's story. So I yeah. was telling, you know, my family about this. I'm like, I'm going to tell her, you know, no, you, you can't bring your friend on. <laughs> you know, it's just for you. <laughs> and my daughter's like, well, I don't think you should say it so mean like that, mom. You know, you should say, I'm sorry, but that's not going to work out. And I was like, but I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. Right. It's my show. And I am, you know, I'm, she's not paying me to be on my show. I am helping her promote her business because I want to, because I love doing that. But in doing that, you really can't like change the format of my show. Mm -hmm. If you want to change the format, then maybe do your own show. For those of you who are listening, if you had not listened to the episode where I interview Natalie on Lady Business Radio, I think we should put the link because Natalie, you may recall this. I grilled the crap out of her about saying no because I am the worst at this. And it seems that Natalie is like the best at it. So (laughs) I I was just like, what about when this happens? How do you say it when that happens? And how do you feel about – I mean I was so impressed by her like zero fucks attitude – about saying no to me. I was just like, she is the bomb. I can't believe I've gone this long and not known this about her. But she, she's so great at saying, like, no, thank you. It doesn't have to be nice. She doesn't apologize for saying no. It's just like, nah, I'm all set. Because, I, because, and I think what I was really um, struggling with at the time was bad interviews. I didn't, or maybe, mm-hmm. maybe this wasn't part of the interview, Nat. Maybe no, it was like a yeah, side. Yeah, I don't know. Up. Was it, was it a pre chat? I it can't might remember. Pre chat. But yeah. like, so maybe don't listen to it. But anyway, like, um, 
<laughs> but like, I, I do remember like, yeah, I was struggling with an interview that, um, I didn't want to put live and she was like walking me through that. And to be honest with you, I had another one after I spoke to you, Natalie, and I still have not told that person, like, I can't do this. I can't put the, and she even circled back around and was like, Hey, I noticed you haven't. And I still haven't responded back to her. You know what? I've, I've question. actually, I've done a few interviews that people haven't aired and, and I'm kind of like, well, it either didn't fit with their audience. Or and I know two of them had audio problems, and one of them, the person didn't launch their podcast. So I don't really. Most people are too busy to worry about. Did you air my podcast interview? (laughs) There, most people we're interviewing are doing a lot of other media and are busy in their business. They're not really circling back to find out. So, uh, but yeah, I you know I think I in in my business, you know, pre-life before podcasting and what I'm doing now, I primarily worked with men. And so I had to learn how to, a lot of times I'd be the only woman in the room. And so, um, you know, men just deal with business and each other differently than women deal with each other. And so I had to adapt to work with them and to succeed around them. You know, men have no problem saying how great they are. And it doesn't, and sometimes it comes off as bragging, but a lot of times it's just like, hey, this is what I accomplished, you know? And I was raised, you know, let other people talk about you. Let other people, you know, shine the light for you. Don't be the one telling, you know, what you've, how great you are, what you just accomplished. Let other people do that. Otherwise you're bragging. But in the business world, you have to share what you're doing to, you know, get to that next promotion or to get on that great project. People have to know what you're doing. So, I feel like I had to adapt and I'm just a little sensitive to how, and, you know, raising a daughter, I want her to be able to say no to things and not sit there and spend a day struggling. Can I, can I say no to this guy that asked me out that I don't like, or can I, you know, I'm having a conflict with a girlfriend. How do I tell her, you know, you did this thing that bothered me. Can we work this out? So, um, yeah. So I kind of like think maybe I probably overthink through some of this, but, but I'm also, I think we do need to be able to, you know, deal with people and say, you know, this is my show. This is the kind of the boundary. It's like having boundaries with people. These are the boundaries and this is my show. Right. And you You know, know, it's funny that you bring that up about dating because I also remember just not calling guys back. (laughs) (laughs) It's been my approach to ignore requests. I don't want to answer for a long time, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Cause I, I do believe that that's, that's how we start to do it. That's how I do it. And, and, and now I don't do it on, even on purpose anymore. It's because of my email boxes, because I have many, are so full of different requests. And then I generally just go to the things that really need to get handled right away. And if I get a, 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 a request for me to be on a podcast, if it's a friend of mine and I can, and, and I can very easily say yes right away, then I'll do it and I'll schedule it and it's done. But if not, it's just going to stay there. And you're right. And, and Natalie, you're hitting on a really huge, huge thing right now because, you know, that's part of, Something that I've been following a lot is the conversations of women in tech because I feel that I am a woman in tech. I, I, I align more with that than a woman in business, you know? Yes, so you watching, are a woman in tech. So watching that conversation arise from, from women in tech that aren't very many and, and the flack and the real danger that's coming to their per- physical persons of death threats and rape threats uh, because they're just speaking up. It's just 
mind blowing. And I just, you know, I sent a, a, a screenshot of a conversation that was just happening on Twitter to Jess the other day for um, one of the women who uh, is in another podcast. She is a podcaster and it's, it, that's why I was so, she is a she podcaster, right? And she runs like a gamer company and she's been, you know, she's been harassed like no tomorrow, both on Twitter and on Reddit. And it's not like, these are not like your right. It's not trolls in quotes. These are not just, these are like, this is dangerous. This is like bullying. beyond that. Trolling it's be- and bullying are different. But it's even, but it's even worse than that because this conversation, it's just insane. And the thing is that she is just basically standing up over and over to talk to people and say, no, this is not what I believe. This is not okay. And at the same time, it's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We had the same thing happening um, with an article that I, I also shared with Lin- Lindy West, who uh, she wrote a, an article for The Guardian that says, what happened when I confronted my cruelest troll? And this troll, what he did is he opened up a Twitter account and used her dead father's image as the icon and then started to say nasty things to her on Twitter. As her dead father. As her dead father. Oh, that is how just, messed up is that? Yeah. <laughs> that was disgusting. Yeah. Wow. And so it's in an end, she ended up meeting him actually and having a conversation with him. And she asked him, I mean, there's a longer, much more beautiful story, not beautiful, but you know, like in-depth intelligence. It's a beautiful story. It's a, a beautiful story of the whole thing. Um, and she ended up talking to him and he said, well, basically because I'm unhappy with myself, this is what I wanted to make you unhappy. And, and he said she was, she, he could tell she was happy and confident with mm-hmm. who she was yeah. as a person and exactly. what she was doing. Totally. And it's, you know, it's that kind of stuff where it's amazing the kind of resilience that we need to have. And and this is something that I also need to work on. And one of the reasons I'm speaking so much about this kind of stuff too, is because this is part of who I am. It's part of my platform. It's part of who I believe and want to be in the world is about speaking up because I have such a hard time because I've felt that because I've felt that, no, you need to be quiet. No, you let them speak. No, you don't ask permission. Because you're not going to get it. (laughs) You know, it's basically how I was raised. And so I had this embedded thing where I couldn't speak up. Or if I spoke up, I was speaking out of turn. Or, you know, there's all of this, of course, uh, cultural things and all that stuff. And I am now, I mean, it's taken me 43 years to get to a position where I'm like, that is not okay. I need to follow through on all the things that are going on in my pretty little head. (laughs) So, so, you know, it's It's true. and it's hard. And that, I mean, you're, you're totally, you're totally right. Last night we were having a conversation with Hunter, my, my six year old. And I just said, cause she's been going to our neighbor's house basically for the whole day. She's like a nanny over there as well. And it's, we're really close. Like it's like two houses that are, that are like, I can, it's, they're, li- I could throw a stone. It's like, <laughs> you know, so she goes and plays there and then she came and I go, how's it been going being out in the world without mommy and daddy? She's like, fine. And I said, well, you know, all you have to do is just make sure that you know, you tell people if you don't want to do something, you don't have to do it. You just need to use your words and you have to do it like that. And she just kind of looked at me. <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? Mom? Yes. But it's like, <laughs> it just wanted to start the conversation that she doesn't have to play games. She doesn't want to play because she's very much into playing with other kids and she's very open. But I just thought, you know, now's the time, right? Yeah. It's true. It's so true. Yeah. I think it's, um, you know, I've kind of talked to my mom about this conversation because, you know, she, you know, was so focused on me being a humble person, which I think is awesome, a wonderful character quality to have. And, 
you know, she said, I never thought through how that could affect you in the business world. And, uh, you know, my mom, my mom's a teacher and she encouraged me to go into, into business. She saw that that would be a good place for me and, and really like champion that for me. And she said, you know, I never thought, you know, that that would impact you. And it was really a struggle. Like it's always like this inner struggle, like, okay, I have to be nice and find a way to say it nicely. But, <laughs> but men aren't sitting there thinking about that. They don't sit, sit there and think, you know, am I going to hurt this guy's feelings if I say this? Right. Yeah. They don't, they don't think about that. And they don't. But you know, okay. So when I but see I the... have an answer for that though. Okay. Sorry, Elsie. No, go. You have the answer and I'll comment again. Go. The answer to that is not because women are necessarily oppressed and told to shut up. The answer is because boys as children don't bully the shit out of one another the way girls do. Mm-hmm. And so we they don't have, like, and I've seen, because I have a daughter and a son, you know, and I watch the way that they both played with friends and I've overheard their little conversations and, like, guys just kind of like, you know, this is the best game. And then the other kid will go, the other kid will go, man, that game sucks. And then, and then they're, they're both cool with the fact that they don't agree on it and they just exactly. do But, but women, girls, ew, you don't like pink? What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you for three months. What? I'm going to go cry in the bathroom because she doesn't like my backpack. Like, <laughs> like they're insane. And I think, and I, and I don't know that it's necessarily like, like that we're not allowed to speak our minds, but that we're just so judgmental of each other that we learn that we can't say no without her going to other women and going, she is a bitch. That's true. There's consequences for like, saying no. We don't have There's consequences, consequences for going against someone. Yeah. They don't have it with one another. Therefore, it doesn't even occur to them that they would have it with us, that we're going to go and say, like, I tried to be on this guy's podcast and he was such a dick about it. Like, <laughs> oh they don't know or care that we're going to say that because they, mm. they learned young that that doesn't happen or doesn't matter. Whereas, like, you know, like for Natalie to pitch us, she knows we're going to talk about her. It's brave. I mean, of yes. course, she's not going to say anything bad, but, you know, like she doesn't know. I mean, you you know, it depends on how bad you're bullied as a kid, right? Now, like, for me, it's like, you know, if I were to pitch you and Elsie, it's like, okay, I know they're going to talk about me. I have no oh. idea what they're going to say. Oh I hope they don't say anything bad. No I don't God. know. Right? <laughs> I always assume people are talking crap about me. Dude. And actually, and actually the trolling thing is funny because, like, I have such a different reaction. Like, when people have trolls, I'm always just like, well, how come I don't have a troll? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like you've made it when you have people, like, really? you have i think you were saying that with the saturday night live uh thing yeah. that last episode you yeah. know when when people are parroting you or making fun of you or hating you you kind of made it yeah i feel kind of like and, and then I, and i also have wanted to say in my little ba- lady business bomb squad like does anyone have anything like negative they want to say to me because like i love that you guys love my show but it's it's not constructive really <laughs> well they don't want to get kicked out of your group they're the admin <laughs> i know but do you know what i mean like and i'm not listen i mean now putting this out there i'm sure people are gonna now like you know make a twitter profile as my dead mother and start her oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing it right now right. i'm gonna be your new like troll i can't wait listen I'm on nobody it. as my dead mother could possibly <laughs> inflict as much pain as she did while she was alive oh, <laughs> doesn't matter you can't hurt me it's fine <laughs> it's been done that's, that's right but oh. no i mean um I don't know. I just, yeah, I sort of feel like troll, but trolling and threats are different. To me, trolling is another word for like the Yiddish word kvetch or to complain. Trolls are kvetchers. 
They just complain about everything. They pick apart everything you do and make you feel like crap. But what Lindy is talking about, I think, is like a it's like bullying in a way that's hurtful, disgusting, threatening, frightening. That's totally different than you know, your microphone sucks. That's a troll to me. Yeah, I think no, it's a- it was it was a level beyond what I knew even was happening. It, it really did scare me. Yeah, yeah there's a, I don't know if you, you've been seeing what Brianna Wood has been going through. Brianna Wu has yeah, been going through yeah. the, 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 from Gamergate and what's been happening with her, where she's getting, she really had to get a restraining order from somebody. She's getting her life and her husband's life threatened daily by, yeah, by like, scary. it's really like, like guns and things. And like there was a, he, one of the persons that was threatening her was headed to her, to her home. Yeah. Supposedly to kill her. her. Yeah. And he got in an accident. Yeah. Which stopped it, obviously. Mm. But you know what I mean? There's like, there's a level of this kind of trolling and the more she is visible, the more they want to shut her up. So it's, it's, it's one of those crazy things in it. And that is just blowing my mind with this. Now, turning it back to, you know, the way women deal with each other and men deal with each other. And my experience, because I never really had, I'm such a dork. I'm like, I'm like, I never really had friends. Like I was just too shy. I just didn't hang out with girls. Like I just, or boys for that matter. It's like, I just was kept at home, basically, totally sheltered. And I, you know, went to college. And even then, I didn't really want to hang out. Like, I'm just not a hanger-outer. And then it wasn't until my 30s or my late 20s when I went to L.A. where I met my girlfriends, where I finally had girlfriends. And and so now coming back to this Facebook group that we have for She Podcasts, and my experience in that group is is amazing, as opposed to the experiences that I've had in the other podcasting groups where I feel that if you post anything there, I just get like this, I, I get more negativity and a more critical uh, senses or, or maybe even negativity, if I may say that, uh, where I feel that uh, people feel that they're being criticized more. Whereas in She Podcast, I, I feel more communication happening. I mean, the, the discussions for the most part are more lighthearted. <laughs> but there's one going on right now about the difference between podcasters and procasters. And, you know, all those people who are in, you know, NPR and like Radiotopia and all that kind of stuff. People who are trying to, uh, from from mainstream media coming in and the podcasters feeling like the, you know, in, I can't say indie because I'm going to get reamed. I know by who. But, um, <laughs> but like people who just are like us, like in the back of, you you know, our garages or in the top of the stairs, which is what I am. I am. But, um, you know, that there's really intelligent discussions that are furthering the conversation and diving deeper into it without that extra layer of like, I have to feel like I have to fight every time I go into the other podcast um, groups. I don't know if you guys have felt that, but I have. Heck yeah. Not so. podcast there's paradise. That's a very no, not group. Yeah, but, that's very supportive. But but yes, the other. Oh yes, I oh, I feel very different. And when I was pregnant, I learned to stay out because I opened. I had such a big <laughs> mouth about something. And I was just like, I don't know why I'm even. Why am I even talking in this group? These yeah. people are donkulous. Yeah, so I had to stop myself. I don't think I'm in some of these other groups. Well, I'm, I'm not, so glad. I'm not, do you don't have to? I'm be. just, I just yeah. hang with the ladies. I like yeah. the she podcasters. Yeah, because yeah, I, so, I mean, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's like I like to see them because I like to see the conversation that's out there, and even parts where I'm not involved. There's a lot of people who have very defined points of view, and it's like, no, this is the way to do it. Right. 
Yeah. And it's just like, holy cow. I mean, that's not true. I mean, all, all I know is that, you know, even just with, um, this conversation about spreadsheets and I want, because I really do want spreadsheets in my life. Um, because I can't believe I just said that because it does help. There are certain things that do help with them, but I, uh, you know, it's, I have to teach myself to use them. Right. But I'm open to other people use them a little bit more. I understand. I have like a plain text piece of paper and I can see how, especially with podcasting, there are different workflows that work for different people. There's a microphone that's going to work for you. That's just not going to work for me. I don't care how much money it is. I don't care how many podcasters are using it. I don't care how amazing it is. It's just not going to work for me, but I will say that's a great microphone. It's just not for me. I'm just really open to that because I feel podcasting is that personal. So it's, it's, it's that kind of thing. It's just like dogma when I go into some of these where I feel like everybody's like, you have to do it this way. If not, well, yeah. you will die. I feel like the men really are, feel strongly about right and wrong. Actually, you know, ways of doing it. Who was I talking to? Oh, it was Harry. I was being interviewed for um, podcast junkies yesterday and he was saying that you know and he was all sheepish about the fact that he was saying he was a fan of this show hi harry and um (laughs) that's true there's probably a ton of guys listening that would never tell anyone else they listen we just have another we just got another feedback from a man as well yeah who's yeah actually several and you know and i was saying you know i feel bad about the fact that like you can't join in the conversation in facebook and he was like well maybe you could just you know add a few loving men (laughs) into the and i was like i can't because there are too many women who are afraid to ask basic questions in front of a boy that's Mm -hmm. why that's who i'm protecting it's not that i care more about the fact that they can't ask how to schedule an interview than i do about the fact that a man wants to talk about whatever the show topic was because men are just some men they even if the men i let in aren't condescending too many men out there have made women feel like they can't ask basic technical questions. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't want them in the group. You know, it really has nothing to do with the fact that like, you know, they should be ashamed to listen. I love that they listen. Hi guys. But <laughs> you can't be in the Facebook <laughs> You can't be in the Facebook group and not because, you know, it's sort of like saying, um, you know, like you don't want your kid to drive on New Year's Eve because all the other drivers you don't trust, not them. <laughs> that's how I feel. It's yeah, not yeah. you I don't trust. It's the other drivers. And then there's the then there's the other aspect of it, which is like, you know, the boy in the girls group, how regardless, he's going to get a lot of attention, you know, cause that's what happens. Like even in like, you know, uh, in those larger groups with lots of women, like B school and things like that. Every time there's like yeah. a guy, it's like, anytime he says something, it's like, Oh, he talked. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I so, don't want that either. Yeah, so I kind of, I just kind of, it's not that we don't like them, and and that's that's the whole point. We we have had a, you know requests to open up the conversation in other places, and I believe Natalie, you had some ideas to do that, but I kind of don't want to veer off to that thing because I kind of want to continue with this like workflow thing that we have going on because we've been talking now for quite All right, a while. Let's do it. So workflow it, workflow it. So in terms of getting your 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 guest database, we've covered that the interview the the way that exactly what she does to research some of the potential potential guests and we're going back to your virtual assistant and all that fun stuff and so she goes be above and beyond that though because that's just like for you like for show prep so after the show is done 
Now so she during, starts, yeah, go ahead. So during the show, I kind of have two documents open. I have that script template that she's made for me. And then I call it my interview notes template. And that's the, the, that's the document where I'm taking notes during the show. And I am, um, like say there's like a quote someone says that I think is really tweetable. I'll like type it out as we're talking. If, uh, if there's editing notes for my husband, I put those in this document. If the guest shares some links that I want in the show notes, I put those in that document. And so both Lisa May and my husband, Mark, will reference that document when they're working on um, that episode before it goes live. So uh, so that's really kind of has become one of our important tools. So like I'll note the timestamp if someone coughs or if I hear a dog bark or a, um, a siren or something happens on my end, I'll just kind of put the general timestamp really quickly so that um, Mark can go in and clean that up. And then Lisa May checks that before she finalizes the show notes. We'll add in any other link. Sometimes I'll reference other episodes I think that's like a really great tip. I don't hear a lot of people doing that. I think if there's episodes that, um, I think it's, in my opinion, it's good to promote your other work that you've done. And it's kind of like when you're reading a blog post and someone links to another blog they've done. Mm. So sometimes I know that, like I've interviewed a lot of Shark Tank entrepreneurs. So most people that hear a Shark Tank entrepreneur might want to hear another one. So I've actually grouped them into a place, bizchicks.com slash Shark Tank. You can go there and see all the episodes that were Shark Tank entrepreneurs. And so I've kind of grouped things like that. And I'll mention different episodes if it lends itself to either during an interview or before or after an interview. And so, um, so yeah. It's really smart, yeah. Natalie. Thank yep. you. And and because really that's what, you know, if you like someone, which I think we probably all have noticed happens when people like you, they go back and they'll listen, you know, to a lot of other episodes. And you could see that in your, you know, your Libsyn stats. You can see like, wow, like people are going way, way back. To the yep. beginning. Sometimes I'm like, don't go back that far. Yeah. You know, I don't even want to go back that far and listen. I don't know what those interviews were like at the very beginning. Yeah. But um, but yeah, and so I've actually done that with a lot of things. I have like a featured topic page on my site. So I've interviewed a number of women in tech. So bizchicks.com slash tech lists all my um, women in tech I've interviewed. And then I've interviewed a few cool dudes. I allowed a few cool dudes in and um, and so bizchicks.com slash cool dudes. But sometimes I'll, I'll reference a specific episode or if one guest recommended another guest, I'll say, you know, this specific guest, you know, connected us. Thanks so much. And if, if anyone wanted to hear her episode, you could go to this, this link to hear that. So, um, so anyway, if there's other episodes mentioned, Lisa May will include that in the show notes too. And, um, yeah. And then, you know, Mark does all the editing. Lisa May does most of the social media. I actually write out all the tweets, but she does everything for Pinterest. She's built that board up to our Pinterest account up to 10,000 followers, which has been pretty amazing. That's crazy pants. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It's been really amazing. I've kind of just let her, you know, gave her some direction and she ran with it. And she wasn't, um, she's, she was very savvy with social media from the beginning, but she hadn't had a lot of Pinterest experience. And so I think part of when you're working with, uh, someone on your team is allowing them to do training. You know, I was like, go watch whatever videos you can on Pinterest. And here's a few resources I know about that are free. And, you know, I know other people have paid for their VA to go through certain training that they want them to have to help their business. And so depending on the length and, and the depth and breadth of the relationship, it may be worth it for you to do that. So one of the struggles I would say about working with a VA uh, overseas has been the time difference. So I'm in Southern California. She's in the Philippines. Her day starts 
like at 2 p.m. or 3 p.m. my time. So I have to, you know, kind of keep that in mind. Yeah. Hmm? You have to really think ahead. I do. And then she's like a day ahead. So she actually starts working Sunday at 2 p.m. And I won't have her at all on Friday. So Thursday is my Thursday is her Friday. So that took, that was probably one of the biggest uh, adjustments to working with someone uh, virtually and in a different time zone was just really like getting, grabbing my mind around, you know, like we're, <laughs> we're in completely different time zones. Yeah. So that, that was something. So, but oh. she's been great. Like I've had her, like she hadn't used lead pages before. So I was like, I need you to figure out how to use lead pages and learn it. And I paid her to do that. You know, there's this interview I did with um, my friend Amber McHugh. She's a um, an outsourcing um, expert, and she was telling me about her VA in the Philippines. And it's funny because her her business is called Nice Ops, and she really is like one of the nicest women I've ever met. But so <laughs> I was talking about one of the downfalls of working with people in the Philippines, and she goes, they're really reliable and they're great, but, you know, sometimes they can't work, you know, like because they lost power because of like a tsunami or something. <laughs> I just I just thought that was hilarious. Like, I, like all of a sudden, I just found I just could see it now. Like, what do you mean you can't put out my email on Friday? <laughs> <laughs> a tsunami? What? <laughs> like, like the, the, just the thought of like, oh man, he's really good. Except tsunamis keep coming. I know. <laughs> so I yeah, the hurricanes, hurricanes have been crazy, and they're, you know, it's also you know they're mostly working from their home, like many of us are, but they're. Homes can be a little different. I was interviewing, you know, when we were going through the interview process, I was interviewing via Skype someone and all I could hear were roosters and chickens in the background. See, and that's literally I could do. see out the window, I could see chickens walking by and I'm just like, I can't even concentrate in this interview and I, cause I keep hearing your chickens and I'm sure, you know, she doesn't even hear them. She's tuning them out. But I was like, if for some reason I ever needed you to talk to someone else besides me, this wouldn't work. Like you can't have a rooster going. <laughs> That's even a whole new level of ridiculous that you just mentioned. Like, like, yes, like, like you want to hire someone, but only if they don't have chickens, <laughs> right? Like so ridiculous. Just the thought of it is insane, but it's so funny. That's just our world now, right? Like we work with people in the Philippines and therefore chickens can be a problem. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, most of them are working. Um, so I was interviewing people that had, you know, I could see children running around in the background. I'm like, oh, so how do you work, you know, with your kids around? And and they're like, oh, I have a nanny that comes from, you know, works all day. She makes the family dinner. She does all my laundry. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think that our VAs for compared to many of the female entrepreneurs I talk to have like more household help than... Yeah. Than most women in North America. Well, because they get paid five dollars a day. I'm paying you know seventy five or whatever. That's why. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's just interesting because I I so you learn a lot and I I love learning about other cultures. But we've had to learn. You know, they have different holidays and you have to decide what holidays are you paying for. Another interesting thing about the Philippines, it's traditional in December to get a full month's pay bonus. It's called the thirteenth month. Oh, wow. So if you are employing someone full-time, and for me personally, I even if I was em- employing someone, you know, like half-time, um, so that's what we did. So for, for December, we paid her double and they kind of, you need to give it to them earlier 
in the month because it's it's what they use to buy all their Christmas presents and take care of you know all their holiday expenses and that's just uh, that's a cultural thing and so if you are working with someone overseas I think it's important to understand their culture and work out some of those things in the beginning. Goddamn hurricanes, <laughs> messing everything up. <laughs> for, your little, for your little consulting business, like just the way she said it was very polite, but that's why I can see like people who weren't as nice getting super irritable about hurricanes and tornadoes and stuff. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's hard. Like, uh, yeah, Lisa May lost power. She's lost power a number of times. And uh, during the last hurricane, the only place that had Wi-Fi was the mall. Yeah. And so she's God. like, I'm going to be at the mall from this time to this time. If you need anything, let me know. <laughs> She's wow. great, but she keeps losing power. <laughs> well, so. that's kind of where I—that's kind of where I live. We're like—I'm yeah. sort of like in the boonies here. And if I went outside, you could hear cows mooing. And <laughs> I'm sure in the summer, in the winter, springtime, you'll hear other animals. Um, so yes, we do have all that stuff as well. And, and not every that that particular person lived in a rural area, like not like everybody in the U.S. lives in a rural area or suburban or. Right. or area so that particular i just i don't want everybody thinking every single person in the philippines has uh chickens outside their window that was only one of like five people i interviewed just your your friend (laughs) lisa may does not have chickens outside her window it's just your friend yes so okay so let's keep going with this and and to know she always apologizes to me my job is to derail the conversation today that's like my full (laughs) that is her full-time job she's Uh, really good at it um, so in all of these things, how many hours does she spend doing all this stuff for you so that we can... Well, I employ her for 40 hours a week. I employ her full time. Wow. But I, you know, that was, that is what was needed when I was, I started out doing five shows a week and right. I am now doing two shows a week. So we've actually been talking about moving her to more of a part-time level and finding her some additional work. I want to help to find her additional work. And um, so we're kind of transitioning now because now that we kind of have a flow and I know how things are going, I don't really need someone for um, for that amount of time. If, I think if you're doing a daily show, I can't imagine anyone doing a show of, I don't know, even three days a week and not having help um, unless this is all that you do. But especially if two days a week and I was drowning, I was drowning. Mm-hmm drowning. I think, you know, what surprised me actually when you, you kind of sent me a note of, of where we might be going with this and you asked me how much time I spend in total on my podcast. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish you'd never asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, I cannot believe how long it takes. And even just asking Mark, well, how long does it take you to edit? And, you know, Mark's spending an hour and a half to three hours editing. So three hours is if an F episode's really messed up. Like if the person on the other end, if they're, they thought they had their earplugs in, they have chickens. <laughs> if, if they thought, usually what happens is people think they have their headset plugged in and they don't. And so then we're getting a bunch of echo or someone's in an industrial building. I've had someone be in a co-working space inside like a, um, a phone booth in a co-working space and I can hear people outside mumbling. So, um, so yeah, so those can take up to three hours. But a lot of it is him just like running macros in Adobe Audition and he's just kind of watching TV and waiting for them to go. He basically edits while he watches TV at night. This is why I don't edit though, because it's such a time consuming thing. Um, So that's why I decided whatever happened on the show is just going to have to happen because I could not dedicate my life to waiting for things to process in iTunes. It was just making me insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it takes a long, I had, I honestly didn't realize how much time he was spending. Yeah. And so for me, interviewing takes about an hour. 
Yep. And then I spend, it sometimes can take me, it takes me a minimum of 30 minutes. Sometimes it can take me an hour, especially if I do it really late at night when I'm exhausted. Uh, I add in a like pre-chat, you know, I add in like an intro to my my guest and you know maybe just talk to my audience a little bit tell a funny story about my family or something at the beginning and then at the end I give a takeaway of the episode and I have a love hate relationship with that <laughs> I it takes me a lot of time to think about what is my takeaway from this what would add value to people kind of like summarizing things but my audience loves it they're like I love your takeaways I wait till the very end so I could hear what Natalie's takeaway is from the oh episode so then I feel pressure and uh, and so sometimes it could take me a really long time to think, you know, like, okay, what was, what really was, um, you know, my takeaway. And especially when I had, um, you know, I, I batch recorded a ton of stuff before I had, uh, my baby jet who was born last September. Uh, and so I had, you know, like three months of interviews done, but I hadn't done the beginning and the end, you know, my take my pre-chat and then my, my takeaway. And so, you know, during, while I wasn't interviewing, I was still having to do that. And some of them I had, I had recorded like months before. So I'd have to go back and listen to big parts of the episode to kind of get my takeaway. So for some of that, there's a lot more efficiency I could be gaining in what I'm doing. And I'm still like refining and working on that and finding some ways to do it. I think actually Jess, you and I were talking, you know, just last week chatting about, um, you know, we, we weren't chatting for any other reason other than just supporting each other. And, yeah. and you said, Hey, dude, as soon as you finish the episode, write down your takeaway. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and so I did that. I've been doing that the last like three or four I've done since we chatted big and help. that's a big help. So there's my takeaway. Boom. I remember it. And I'm not having to spend all this time. Yeah. Yeah. Because otherwise you have to li- I mean, and it's not like, oh, so torture to listen to your show again, but I mean, it's, a, it's not valuable time. It's not time spent it's not, well. It's not. It's, it's not. That's all. So I think for a, you know, my, my show doesn't end up being an hour, but it's close to that. It's probably anywhere from now it's about 50 minutes ish on average, uh, to publish a show like that with the whole team, I think can take anywhere from four to seven hours of time. So if it was me doing it by myself, it'd be four to seven hours of my own time. And I know, and, and here's the, here's the thing too, though, this is, this is why I wanted to have this conversation because that is a guesstimate of, of time. Because for me, when I'm doing some of this editing or when I'm doing even, even this recording, there are times, and thank God right now I have not been interrupted, but usually as a mom, a, a stay at home mom like this, there's always times when I'm in, I'm in the middle of something and I just have to stop. Like, I just have to stop. I, there's something has come up. I have to make a meal. Somebody spilled something. Something fell. Somebody, someone fell. And I have to go take <laughs> care of that. And then, and then when I come back, I'm like, where was I? And it takes yes. me 20 to 30 minutes just to figure out what the heck, where I was. Because now I have other things. Other people have, you know, emailed me, messaged me, whatever. And then my mind is somewhere else. And now I have to come back to doing what I was doing. And you just lose the flow. So that just adds adds hours, adds more hours. It's just so, it's easy for me to say, it really just, I mean, if I could just sit down and whip things out, I'll get things out in like maybe two hours if I'm lucky, you know, once after, after the recording. So I'm not adding the recording portion to it because I do have workflows, but that does not, that never happens. That never happens. I have so many systems set up and I always have to stop in the middle of it because I can't finish. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that this is an example of why people are pod fading, you know, and I loved you guys share that. I didn't even know there was a name for it. You guys had your episode on it, but you know, 
I don't think initially any of us know how long this is going to take. And I think if someone had said to me, Natalie, it's going to take you four to seven hours that like you and your team, four to seven hours of manpower to get an episode out. And, you know, say you could even streamline that to like two or three hours. Well, if I'm going to do five episodes a week, that was going to be 15 plus hours a week for me when I was doing that. And if you're doing, you know, even two, you know, to, to take up, it's taking a lot of time. And, um, and I don't think, I don't think people explain that and talk about it enough, how much time it actually takes. And that's why people start and stop. And most people don't get to even 10 episodes because they start and they're like, okay, I started. Am I a millionaire yet? Right. Nope. Okay. Well, I don't see now I'm at like, I'm at 10 episodes and, um, you know, even when you're in new and noteworthy, I know you guys want to chat about that a little bit. You think that people that are in new and noteworthy are getting thousands of downloads. I was in new and noteworthy with a few hundred episodes. Yeah. It it's, and most people are most of the people, you know, there's, there's some of those big guns that have a big name already. They come out, they're getting those thousands, you know, thousands and thousands of downloads an episode, but majority of people in new and noteworthy are there with a few hundred mm-hmm. or less uh, downloads per episode. And um, we kind of, you know, we're trying to figure out the algorithm because at one point I was ahead of Ask Pat. So Pat Flynn, had, he launched his Ask Pat kind of when I was in the middle of my new and noteworthy last year. And I was like, oh man. But then a few times I was ahead of him. <laughs> so right. like, yeah. Well, I've been ahead of Tim Ferriss. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how excited. is that possible? It's not possible. So we really think that there's something in the new and noteworthy algorithm that has to do with like a percentage change. So like if you have like a, a bump in a, a, a percentage change, uh, like a 50% change in downloads, which is easy when you only have, when you have like your first few days, like 50 downloads or 25 downloads and you double that or triple that, that has some kind of impact in new and noteworthy. That's kind of our guess. My, my husband spent time, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, how we were getting there, what was the different flows of it. And, you know, when you're in new and noteworthy, you're obsessed about it. Like that's all I could think about and look at it. I had to like stop myself from looking at it constantly. And, and now I honestly, I hardly ever look at it. Yeah, it doesn't really I think that, that this is really good for you to be talking about because I see it from the back end. I see people's stats. I have access to people's stats. Yeah. So whenever somebody goes on, I like to study that. I like to see numbers. I like to see the impact. I like to see what they do. And I actually just saw a gentleman who launched in August and he was incredibly pushy, if I may say, (laughs) about uh, getting people to email him. I mean, I'm sorry, to review him, to, you know, star him, to, I mean, he did some serious, serious campaigning to really do a proper lunch, lunch, a proper lunch. And then, and then after seeing all the lunch is important. (laughs) Exactly. But when I saw, when I went, I just went back and I checked his, his stats just to see, I just see graphs. I don't really, really dive anything else. And you could see this gigantic, I mean, huge huge like boost, right? For like two or three days. And then it just stopped. It dropped, it dropped, it dropped, it dropped. And now he's, it's, it's nor it's like for me, average looking. It, it looks just like everybody else's stuff. It's just that he had a huge, 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 big spike. And if you think you're going to sustain that, you're in for a really bad, like 
thing because yeah. it's it doesn't ever it doesn't sustain and and then the whole point of it and Nat this is something that I feel is very important as well you can see you could do four to seven hours an episode you can see that you can push through that like you'll feel like oh my god I'm launching I'm getting all this stuff ready you could do it for maybe two to three weeks and then you realize that you have to keep doing it. <laughs> Not just and for that's two three weeks. You're only yes, and that's why you're only going to do this if you love it. Yes, like I love this. I think we all three we love podcasting. Totally. It is so much fun. I get a high. Literally, I feel like someone is like giving me some drugs after every interview, unless it's a bad one. But <laughs> almost I, then you 90, want to jump off a cliff. Ninety nine percent of the time, I'm like. Like, whoa, you know, this is so exciting. It was so great. And I just met this really awesome person. But for people that are are doing this thinking, this is going to, you know, I'm going to be the next John Lee Dumas and be a millionaire. And even if you look at John, he, he, and I've heard him say this, you know, at different conferences and in person, he said, you know, you don't go into podcasting for the sponsorship. Everyone's like, I'm going to go into podcasting. We have these great, huge downloads and I'm going to get sponsors and I'm going to be able to to, you know, feed, I'm going to be able to make in a month what I used to make in a year. And that just, that isn't the reason to go into doing this or really much of anything. Um, you know, and it just, what, what John says is it's about creating something for your community, building something for your community that they want and need. So your podcasting does help you create a community and build a tribe of people that really are into you. And really like to, like what you're doing, and that's who's listening. They they like your style, they like what you're offering, and they listen to you, and they get to really know you and like you because you know it's intimate. We're in people's ears. We're like close to their brains, close to their hearts, and they get into us. And so it's at that point that you think, what could I offer my community? And that's where there's a chance to monetize if that's what you want to do. Uh, you know, I come from a business background, so I'm kind of, that's my mindset. And, you know, what can I do to serve my community? And, um, and that's where, you know, there's a chance to make money. But if you're thinking I'm going to be, you know, um, setting my family up for life by starting a podcast, you are probably not going to make it past a few episodes. No, and it's going to, and it's going to change and shift, shift and change completely. And that's why I love having you on that because you've been doing this now for a year so that you see the consistency and what the real depth of what it is. I feel for, for myself in my experience as a podcasting for so many years, once you hit around the one year mark or possibly even the 100th episode, you start to sense a shift and that's when you decide I'm going to keep going or I'm not feeling it anymore. It starts to become a lot more clear after all of that time. Because, and, and something that I've seen too, huge life changes happen right around that time. You know, the hundredth episode, it's like you were, you know, running the a tri- triathlon or some l- insane marathon. You keep on going and then you hit the milestone and somehow subconsciously you're like, oh, and then you exhale. And when you exhale, you're like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. You know, and, and I'll be honest. I want to be honest here, Elsie. I had to think that through. And, yeah. and Jess, I think you, you know, I, especially Jess and I had, we have babies. I have a five month old. Jess, yours is three months old, right? Your little guy? Yeah. yeah. Isaac. And I think that, you know, this is, and for me, this is my third baby and Jess's third baby. And, uh, you know, you have to really think because anything I'm doing, Doing takes away from time with my kids. So I have to really think through what 
is worth using my time away from my family. And so I had to think about that. And I had to kind of weigh that. And I'm, and I would say definitely that will be a continued thought process for me because, uh, you know, as much as I love doing this and I, I love it. And that's why, that's why I'm still doing it. It's because I love it. You know, I'm not, I'm not feeding my family off of this right now. And, uh, and I don't see that I, I don't see that I can make an income off of podcasting to, uh, compare to what I could make doing lots of other things. Uh, probably for some time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and part of that's also because I, I had a baby during this time. You know, I was pregnant during the whole time I launched. I, I, I found out I was pregnant uh, a few weeks before I launched. So I did all this, you know, during pregnancy, I've given birth to a baby, I, you know, and so probably if I hadn't have had a baby in this last year, I would have a little more energy and momentum and would have created more things that could, uh, you know, make this more financially, I guess, worthwhile, you might say that would, you know, kind of, uh, compensate me for my time. Uh, but at the same time, I can feel something being built and I can, and, and now I've created this private Facebook community and I'm getting to like hear my listeners and see, see them, literally see them and see them talking to each other and helping each other. And it's so inspiring. And so I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, kind of build your tribe. I'm seeing the fruits of that and I can see where things are going. And then to be honest, I get so much from every interview. I get so, I learn from every woman I talk to and I'm building this network, which I can't, I can't even put a price on that. I, you know, I feel like I could go to back to almost every one of my guests, probably I'd say like 90% of them. I could go back to and be like, Hey, I, I need some help with this. Could you help me? Yeah. And they would say yes, because we have made this really amazing connection during our interview. Yeah. Actually, speaking of babies, I want to go check on my nanny real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> I know as if she's leaving, I'm like, we have to wrap this up. No, but you're, you totally, you hit it. You hit it right, right there. And that's how I felt with Elsie's yoga class. It was one of the, you know, I had been podcasting for four years, I think before I got, no, no, not even then. Cause I started in 2006 and I got pregnant in 2008 and I got in really early. I had a lot of support from iTunes all the time. Like I never had to work towards anything because it all built on its own. Basically I had a really great base of people who were listening or going to my classes. I was very, um, into yoga at that time. So I was in a lot of different areas in yoga and people knew my voice. People knew who I was. And then I got pregnant and then I got pregnant again and I didn't have the energy. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And it's not something I could outsource. And it's also not something, it's not a show that I could, I could, um, batch produce. Like uh, when I, when I was teaching my classes, especially the ones that I put out, I was very, very conscious that I was leading people into their bodies, that I was taking them to do things with their bodies. And I felt like a huge sense of responsibility to be absolutely 100% present for this virtual community that I had and to be clear and to be energetically there. And I felt that it was a disservice for me to just get behind a microphone and go, okay, everybody put out your mats. Okay. Hands on the floor, downward facing dog. You know, like I felt that would be, I could do it, but it's not the type of teacher that I am. So I didn't have it in me. And I first thought like, I'll just do it when I have energy. I'll do it when I'm ready. I'll do it when I have a sitter. I'll do it when, and then I realized it ain't never going to happen. <laughs> so then yeah. I just finally, and it still hurts me. It, there's still a really deep part of me that is sad that I was not able to 
serve my community in the way that they wanted to be served and the way that I wanted to be there for them because I simply could not. Uh, and now I'm in this place. And that's one of the reasons why I also didn't do anything else because I want, I'm like, I have one podcast. Why do I want to do others? But I realized from here, I can do this. It's more sustainable for me to do this kind of conversations, which I love anyway. Like I'm already having these conversations. Then for me to, at this moment, do the yoga is much harder for me because that requires at least three hours of my day just to prep for that. Just to prep. So, and then there's the recording, you know, even if I do a 30 minute class, I do the poses afterwards. Like I have like a whole workflow that really serves my community. All the poses are there. All the names are there. Like there's so much images that go with every pose. I just couldn't sustain it. And I don't feel like cutting corners. So I just leave it right now. It's at some point, maybe I'll come back, but right now I just cannot do it. And I don't think people think through all of that yet. You know, like, what do you want to do with your podcast a year from now? Do you know how many hours you're going to be setting up for this? How about setting up workflows? How about having interviews or, or great shows that never got recorded? How about when your computer breaks down? How about figuring out mics? What about that noise that's stopping you from creating those three interviews that you can't shut up? Like there's all of this information that comes through and I'm like, it's not that easy, dudes. You don't just start. I mean, you can just start, but then to sustain it, ugh. I just want to slip my wits. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I love, I love what we've been talking about because I think it, it, it's like the reality of podcasting, right? It, it's, it's amazing and it's awful. I feel like it's like motherhood. Like I love it. And sometimes I hate it. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. I love being like the center of my children's world. And then sometimes I just want no one not to need me for a couple minutes. And um, and you know, so it's kind of like that with podcasting. It's like, it's so invigorating when you're doing the parts of it you like, and then it can be so hard to do those parts that you don't. And so as much as you can outsource, if you have the, the ability and the option to, if you can outsource those things, if you can streamline things, I mean, there's certainly ways to do things faster than the way I'm doing my podcast. There's things to do the way that, you know, your, your, even your yoga podcast, someone else could do what you're doing and do something different, like not give the poses, not show visual, right? Mm -hmm. There's ways to cut corners and it's not only cutting corners in a negative way, but there's ways to streamline any podcast and figure out how to do it efficiently. But in the end, if you're not doing it because you're passionate about it and you love it and you love what you're doing, then if you're not starting from that spot, I don't think you're going to be continuing. Yep. I think we're going to have to wrap it up. (laughs) Oh, yeah. As I wrap, because I'm like, my children are about to come on up here and they need mama too. But Jess, do you have anything to add to this wonderful conversation of how hard it is sometimes, but how amazing it is? (laughs) No, I mean, I'm just, I'm struggling with it right now. And, and, uh. I'm glad we're talking about it, but it does, has not helped me in trying to decide what the hell to do. And that's like the fourth and fifth conversation. I just, you know, it's just so hard. Not that I can't keep it up because I have a team that helps me and I can. It's just that, it's just that I just, I have other ideas of stuff I want to do. And, and, um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Pod feeding to me is starting to feel like a gift, not a, disaster. And so yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing because sometimes you get an idea for a different show or you want to take a break or you want to do something different or it leads you in a different direction yeah. and there's nothing wrong. That's, I think maybe the end message should be, there's nothing wrong with pod fading. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't mean you're a failure. It just is this, what you were doing at that time isn't right. And there's something 
there's another better use of your time, whether it's another show or other work or spending more time with your family. Yep. Yeah. And, and here's the thing too, Jess, it's, there could be a season, you know, you could just, I think mm-hmm. that what happened with me is that I was not clear about what I wanted with Elsie's yoga class. You know, I would always go like, I'll be back. I, I have two classes for you guys. I'm going to be coming back. And I kept saying that and I never did. That's like so lame. But if yeah. I would have just said, Hey guys, I'm going to take a year break. And, you know, and I gave them other options of other places to go or something like that and just really owned up to, I'm going to have a season now. I'll, I only do uh, Elsie's yoga class for the month of July or, or really just be clear about what was possible for me. It would have been so much easier. It is just this like open-ended thing that was sort of like, oh, what happened? Because I get emails like that all the time. Where are you? Are you coming back? What's going on? And I always feel so bad because I never answer those because... I, I, they get lost in the shuffle and I, it's like, they're waiting for me because I never said anything. If, yeah. Even if I just said like, need closure, Elsie. Yeah, I need closure. And, and so if I ever just say like, Hey, I'm just going to, for you anyway, I would just say like, I'm taking, you know, three months off. I'm going to be doing this, this, and this, and just be very clear about it. This is where you can find me now. I'm doing this podcast and this podcast or whatever, and then start up if you're ready. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. So yeah. That, yeah. Thank you guys. Cause this is a helpful conversation. Even if, um, I don't know, I'm just going to try and find a happy medium. That's I, all try we can to, do. I try to look at signs from the universe. And every time I think, Oh, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Someone will be like, I just listened to this back episode. And it was so awesome. You're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the same way. Every time I was feeling down, I'll get an email from a listener. Oh my gosh, this changed my week. Yeah, I have like new direction now. And I'm like, okay, I'll keep going. Yeah. I mean, it really, so actually, so that is, it's actually a good point that if you do like something, sometimes that one stretch stretch of your arm out will make the difference between whether or not they feel like they can go on. Like, yes, to me, it's like, uh, you know, if I'm feeling hesitant, I just need one person to send me an FB message saying, thank you for putting this into the world. And it's like, I guess I should keep doing it. Like it's something good that's affecting people. And what else do I do that affects someone? You do this, you guys. And I just want to thank you. I, I hope I can speak for the other she podcasters out there. Thank you so much for creating the She Podcast community. It is literally one of the places, if I could only pick one Facebook group to be a part of, that is what I would pick. Oh my and, God. Mm-hmm. Very and, and I am really grateful to be a part of it. And thank you guys for all the time that we don't even know what you're doing behind the scenes that you, all the think, times and energy you guys do to make that happen, that community happen in this podcast. Thank you. Aww, thank you. Thank you so well, we're much. We're very grateful for the for the members of that group and, and for you for us and wanting to come on and talk about your brilliant um, strategies for outsourcing and everything else we've talked about today. You've been a great guest. Absolutely. Thank you. It was fun. And so if much you, fun. If Thanks, you want to find Nat, you can find her over. You have to let us know what the best place is for you to go. Maybe your podcast, oh. Biz Chicks. Yeah, Biz, Biz Chicks. And I spell chicks with an X. So it's B-I-Z-C-H-I-X.com. And I'm happy to share some of the templates I'm using. I can put them at um, bizchicks.com slash gpodcast if that would help. Ooh, that you. would be but awesome. Yes, absolutely. Those. We would be, that would be awesome. Yes. Awesome. Thanks. And so for those of you who are listening, you can check out this episode and the comments thereafter on ShePodcast.com. So if you're not a part of the group yet, very easy and free, ShePodcast.com forward slash group. We're also on Twitter at ShePodcast, and that's with an S at the end. 
Um, I don't know. I don't usually close the show. So the end. And yeah, at the end. I know. And your feedback, your feedback to feedback oh, at ShePodcast.com. Feedback at ShePodcast.com. We, we do want to hear from you. And if you want to send some audio feedback, it'll be awesome. And we did get your audio feedback. You just, we just had an extra special, um, yeah. guest today. So we will be addressing that. Thank so you. Sorry, not sorry. Right, okay. That's yes, right. Sorry, not, not sorry. sorry. Not sorry. This is, okay. this is their show. It's how it went. Sorry, Deal with for, it. Sorry. For this show. But it is coming up. Okay. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.